This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You know, it's true what they say, that all good things must come to an end. The Stags only had Skybet League 2 left to focus on, and still do, to be fair, but their unbeaten run came to an end at the very death at Swindon. A 93rd minute winner for the home side ended Mansfield Town's fantastic unbeaten league start to the campaign. Following that, a 2 all draw against Tranmere last night at Wancourt Stadium. Two soft goals and some questionable performance as well. Leaves us asking, is it time to hit the factory reset button? Is it time to turn it off and turn it back on again like Alan did with his restream before we started the show? Is it time to put our feet up and rest ahead of a winter wonder of fixtures? As always, come and have your say on your team. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters Podcast. Good evening and welcome to the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Great to have you with us as always to talk all things Mansfield Town FC. This time last week when we were with you, the Stags were unbeaten in Skybet League 2. But defeat at Swindon on Saturday brought a shuddering end to that in the 93rd minute. And then a 2 all draw against Tranmere last night leaves us ready for a break, I think. Ahead of a 10-day break now for Nigel Clough's men. It is the perfect time to hit that factory reset button and just sort of put our feet up a little bit, regroup and get ready to start all over again. Joining me tonight to talk all things Mansfield Town, it's the man who, for Christmas this year, well, we know he's going to be unwrapping another shirt, isn't he? It's Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame. Hello, hello, mate. Hi, Craig. Hi, everyone. Good to see you, as always. And also joining me tonight, and this introduction is written by Nick himself, it's not the voice of Stags, ladies and gentlemen. It's the voice of Lapland. It's Santa, a.k.a. Alan Wilson. Good evening. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, Nick. Good evening, everybody. 
a far better introduction than uh, I could have written for you there, Alan. Um, Nick needs to basically just take over hosting the show, I think. And uh, yeah, with introductions like that, you're going to be in the hot seat sooner rather than later, I think. He's the voice of, uh, yeah, if you're Santa, you've got to be the voice of Lapland. He's the voice of Centre Parks one day a week. The voice <laughs> of Field Mail, the voice of Lapland. There you go. Yeah. Like I've said, for many a year and many a show, he is a man of many talents. Uh, before we delve into uh, all things at Mansfield Town, because let's be honest, we don't want to start by delving straight into the defeat, do we? We want to have a little bit of a jovial laugh and sort of see what we've been up to. We know what Alan's been up to. He's been putting on his beard and uh, his Santa hat and doing the great man's work as one of many Santa clauses, win winning Santa of the week. So if you're Looking for somewhere to go and see Santa? Sunday, I hear, is the, the, the place to go, especially if you've got a young Stags fan. Because Santa, I'm told, is very knowledgeable about all things uh, Stags. Is that right, Alan? <laughs> very much so, yeah. You'd absolutely expect it. Uh, Nick, last time we saw you, you were slowly but surely sort of getting your, your, your shirt collection back. It looks like you've got some more to uh, to add, the, add to the collection. Yeah, it's, it's done. I'm going to move the wrong way, aren't I? Yeah, it's, it's done. So you've got home shirts there, look, you've got away shirts at the bottom, goalie shirts at the back somewhere. I did tally up, but we're at 154. I seem to have taken a bit of a jump recently. I don't quite understand why. I probably need to just look at the bank statements to realise why. But I've just put a bit of a championship winning thing behind me But because I bought another mannequin as well. I want four, but the wife keeps saying four is a bit excessive because I want the two shirts and two goalkeeper shirts from each season, but you know, I've got two at the minute, so... I think you could get away with a third. Yeah, but a lot of seasons we wore two goalkeeper shirts, you see. Yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, this it's... season we've already wore four, so, you know, it's <laughs> like we've, we've actually wore 13 different types of shirts if you include patches and uh, sponsors, which is quite incredible to say it's November. Crazy. At least we'll only be wearing Skybet League 2 patches now. Absolutely. If they haven't <laughs> fell off. <laughs> well, that is also very true indeed. And also, how's, you know, people who follow you on social media, on all your pages, which you can give a shout out to in a minute, will have noticed something new kicking in on match day. How's that all uh, all going? Yeah, it's going all right. It's hard. It, it, the hard bit is predicting what they're going to wear. I mean, I've, I've had to enlist the help of um, of our festive colleague at the bottom of my picture here, Mr. Uh, Santa Wilson, um, because I... I get some intel if we play on a Tuesday night, but then if we play on a Saturday, I only know the shirt from the uh, from the club graphic and the goalie shirt is a mystery. So I intertwine between messaging Alan and Adam Collin, who just replies with one word, either blue or pink, um, which is appreciative because <laughs> at least he replies. Um, so yeah, I, I'm actually trying, I've got a lot of stuff in the pipeline on the graphic stuff, but I, I want to hopefully document the kits all the way through what they wore in every game. So it's, just time. It takes time, and I'm not a graphic designer, so um, I enlisted the help of the club's graphic designer, which helps because she already had all the licenses for all to get all the imagery. Uh, but I am going to do the old ones, but I don't know how long that's going to take me. Well, I look forward to uh, you know collaborating and selling it as Mansfield Matter mm -hmm. slash Mansfield Town shirts merch. That would have been Absolutely. a great present, like you know, because you can get them, can't you? You know, the the ones which aren't always accurate off yeah. that and stuff. Oh, they're terrible. I can't I can't even look at them. And and you know, here on Mansfield Matters we like a mug. So what we should what we could do is we could this is by the way, this is a live marketing meeting. Um we could combine the two. Our love for mugs, your love for shirts, yeah. Mansfield, Town, Mansfield Matters, Mansfield Town shirts, mugs collection. I'm all over that. Coasters with Alan's face on as Santa. <laughs> I thought you wanted to sell them. 
<laughs> I'd buy one. All oh, right. <laughs> you'd sell. You'd sell about three. I'm sure Clive yeah. would have one. <laughs> Clive might have one. <laughs> what else? What, who else? What? No, I'm not even going to go down the wormhole of what other merch we'd have for other people because we all know for Cam, we just have uh, Cam felt and hard hats for when that uh, that ball from the food hall you never. <laughs> Uh, as always, come and have your say on your team. Uh, get involved in the live feed in the comments. We'd love to hear your thoughts and views. Come on, then. I think we've put it off for long enough. Let's uh, let's delve into the, the elephant in the room, Alan, and that is the fact that our unbeaten run is over. Yeah, it had to happen sooner or later, but uh, it's just a shame it was sooner rather than later. But I was just surprised. I mean, I haven't heard the uh, the official interview yet. But uh, Nigel said himself about, you know, playing Flint up front, he thought it was a bit of a mistake and shouldn't have done it. I was just surprised. I didn't, you know, you can see why he's done it, because he's done it in the past. And if Flint had scored winner, you know, we'd all be saying it were a masterstroke. But I'm just surprised that he did it when he did it, because we didn't look any particularly in trouble. You know, and Ada took a point from there. It was a good point, and it kept the run going, etc., etc. But I was just surprised. But it was one of those things, you know, it went in in the end. It was like a bagatelle, weren't it? It was flicking off posts, flicking off players. And it was Cargill's, uh, you know, reaction when the ball went in afterwards. You know, he were fuming, Cargill. It was in the back of the net, chucking ball about. It's just a shame, Craig, that was all. But, you know, all good things have to come to an end and let's start again, start another I, one. I think that's a fair point, Nick, that, you know, we've known it's been been on the horizon. We knew it would come eventually. And the biggest sort of thing about it is making sure that you bounce, you bounce back and don't lose two in a row. We didn't do that. We got the two-all draw against Tranmere. And as much as we'll delve into that later and say it probably wasn't the, the greatest game or greatest performance from us this season, the fact is we didn't lose it. Yeah, the main thing is you don't lose two in a row, isn't it? It's very easy to to lose two. I think Clough was saying that Sheffield Wednesday lost something like five or six after they went 24 games unbeaten when um, when Flint was there. We could have very easily lost last night, I think. I think that was the, I suppose, the only positive I took from that was that we didn't lose and we very easily could have done. Um, but yeah, the, the, the disappointing thing for Swindon for me, and I, you, you know, you might go into the Flint thing a bit more, but he did it very early on in the game at Burton and I was screaming for the whole second half watching stood behind the goal going, why is... Because we put Flint up front and then carried on passing, which is a very strange method of, of you know, if you're going to try and play passing, you want Flint at the back. So, yeah, disappointed he repeated that. And we, we get like, somebody said, it's a sloppy goal to concede, but um, you just got to bounce back and not lose two in a row because the, the Stags of old would have absolutely lost last night. Yeah. Um, without a shadow of a doubt, we would have lost last night. Um, and then you'd have... You'd have had two defeats, ten days to worry about it. Everyone would have been getting on the team's back, and I think it was um, it was a um, the only positive from last night was that we uh, yeah we didn't lose two in a row. Yeah, that's arguably the best thing. The fact that you know we've not had a that we didn't lose two in a row. We've not had that massive break to to go with it. As Simon says in the comments, nothing wrong uh, being beaten, but felt like sloppy goals to lose the unbeaten record. Uh, Stags chat adds, I believe we're still in the best position for this time of year. Would rather it be now than at a crucial point. I think the, the main frustrating thing, Alan, was the the timing of the goal at Swindon, wasn't it? And uh, just to pre-warn you, whilst Alan gives this answer, you might hear a phone ringing. So I'm going to try some techie bits. I'm going to try and get Jim, who was supposed to be joining us uh, on the phone tonight, back on the phone to see if I can uh, get him now. I've made messed about my phone a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it was just the timing of the goal, wasn't it, uh, wasn't it, Alan? 
Yeah, because it was perfect timing for Swindon, weren't it? Because we didn't really have time to come back. It was as simple as that. But, you know, it's it, it was so disappointing, really. You know, it was just disappointment. But uh, like we all say, it's got to come to an end. But, you know, the squad this year, it's built for better things. And I'm still positive, more than positive. Good evening to Mr. Jim, who I think is now with us. Evening, you're right. Yeah, very good. I thought I'd give it one last try, Jim. We were trying it before, and uh, we are now live. Uh, but I thought I'd give it one last try and sort of get you on the phone because we're just talking Swindon, and it occurred to me that yeah. we always need some eyes that were actually there because uh, I was in a hotel room. Um, Alan was putting his makeup on for for being Santa, and Nick was in a car park <laughs> off the M4 somewhere haggling with another ex-player about about a shirt. That's about right, isn't it, Nick? Not far off. Not far off. Uh, you, were, you were there, Jim, and I know you said the first yeah. thing you said to me last night, actually, when we saw each other at one call before the Tramway again, was, I need to come on the podcast this week because I need to rant about Swindon. So here you are, rant about Swindon. Well, that's the, what the takeaway from Swindon, it was evident last night as well, was um, if, if we're playing this diamond, I, I, I've come to the conclusion that Reed and DKD, they, they can't be in the same team together for me. I think they are down the middle of the pitch and the amount of time Swindon just ran 40, 50 yards right down the gut of the middle of the pitch. And those two, are, for me, are just passengers on the ball. And we just look lightweight and flimsy right down the middle of the pitch when they're together. And, uh, yeah, that, that was evident at Swindon. It was evident last night. I thought we were lucky last night to get a point. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd agree with that. I think get on the on the Swindon game as well, uh, Nick, from, from what I saw, we were... We played some all right stuff at times, but first half in particular, we sort of struggled to, to get in the game. And I think teams are now starting to figure us out a little bit, a little bit in terms of how to break us down, how to get in be, in, in behind us, and uh, and really trouble us. Yeah, I think the uh, the key to a lot of teams seems to be a bit of pace, doesn't it? On the on the counter almost at times because they know we're going to keep the ball. We had seventy percent possession last night, if not more. Was it 73, 74, something like that? So they know we're going to want the ball. And if they can sort of nullify us doing anything with it and hit us on the counter, we seem particularly vulnerable. I think we committed too many men forward at times. I, I, I can't speak for Swindon because I've only seen the highlights. I, I wasn't there. I was only there last night. Um, but we seem to commit too many men forward and then they just catch us with very easy, simple shots on the break, um, which is why we seem to struggle against teams who sit a little bit, a little bit deeper and a little bit, they sort of sit back and, and don't attack us. Um, I know Notts County didn't really attack us, but they they didn't sit back. They passed it around the back and tried to lump it forward, and and we exploited it. Whereas it seems to be that other teams are now doing the the opposite. You know, look at last night in particular. We just kept the ball, passed it around, and they just hit us on the counter attack. And it seems like Swindon was a bit of a similar, as Jim was saying, they just ran straight through us. So um, I, I don't think it's something to necessarily be massively worried about. Um, it may just be a little bit of running out of steam, and we need a bit of a break. But yeah, there was a few poor performances in the last two games, really. The big thing for me, Jim, you know, we, we Alan was sort of talking about it before we, we managed to get you on the phone, was uh, that Nigel Clough, in his interview, whether it was this week, his midweek conference or whatever, was sort of hinting at the fact that putting Aidan Flint up there was a mistake. I think, in high, you know, hindsight's a, a wonderful thing in putting him up there against Swindon because we didn't really need to. It's, I think it's probably the first time this, this season, really, where... We've we've put him up there when we've not really needed to. It sh Aiden Flint up front for me should should only be classed as a break glass in case of emergency situation. Um, yeah, I, I mean I'll give Clough his credit. 
you know, he'll always go for it. I don't think he's not the type to sort of sit on a point and shut up sharp. He'll he'll roll the dice and he'll he'll try and go for the win. And I respect him for that. And I, I can remember a game was it, was it last season? I think Tramery away where we lost three two in the last minute, and he mm-hmm. we equalised late on, and he chucked Hawkins up front. He said he kept Hawkins up front to try and get a winner, and we lost in the last minute. Quite similar to the to Swindon game in a way. You know, we chucked our centre back up front and lost in the last minute. But for me, I mean. I ain't got a problem with him doing it, like say with Hawkins, because Hawkins was, you know, it, he was a threat up front and it worked. But for me, Flint, when he goes up front, he doesn't win as many headers as he, as he does when he's at centre back, and it just doesn't work. All Swindon did was push up, so you know they had a nice high line, so he can't hurt you there. And Aikens isn't exactly quick either, and it should come off. And I just, for me, it just, it, I ain't got a problem with a centre back going up front, but I just don't think he's that effective up front. What, you know, he's not Oliver Hawkins. Yeah, what you couldn't see there, Jim, uh, Jim was uh, Alan chuckling to himself because the game you referenced was actually the uh, the playoff uh, final season where me and Alan was actually commentating on that game. And uh, I think me and Alan have both got memories of uh, the, the, the lovely Tranmere fan in front of yeah. us uh, <laughs> celebrating in the last minute who uh, was not our friend that night, was he, Alan? No, definitely not. First goal, wasn't it 1-0, 1-1, and then they got the winner. And every time they scored, it, it were right in mine and Craig's face, more Craig's than mine. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like him. He was, uh, no. was nasty, uh, man. He was. Keep your comments coming in. Have your say on your team. As uh, Gary says, both Swindon and Tranmere had pace in their side and created real problems uh, for us, a point at Swindon would have been a good point. Not sure whether uh, the point last night was a good one uh, or a lucky one. Uh, Marie says Reed had a stinker last night. Not been at his best for a, uh, for a few the, the last few games. I have to agree with that to a degree, Alan, as well. The fact that um, Louis Re- Lewis Reed is a he's one of those players now, isn't he? He's becoming one of those players that it's it's. Whether we're going to get Lewis Reed turning up in a Lewis Reed shirt, or whether we're going to get Hiram Boateng turning up in a Lewis Reed shirt, because he had an absolute, he, he had a, a mare last night, didn't he? Yeah, it weren't his best game. I'll admit that. But uh, on any other day, you know, he's the he's the player when Maris is not playing. He's the one that'll make us tick. But you know, my thoughts on Maris, he'd be my first player on the team sheet every week. But I mean, that's just my opinion. Do you think it was a little bit of tiredness which creeped him to him uh, last night, Nick Lewis Riggs? He, again, he's, he's the type of player who's absolute class for us when he turns it on. But there were so many misplaced passes, heavy passes, misjudged passes, mistakes which led to, to opportunities. I think even one led to uh, to the goal, if I'm uh, if I'm remembering rightly, mm-hmm. uh, last night. And it just didn't seem to his, be his best appearance in the Mansfield shirt. One he'd probably want to forget. Yeah, he was. I th- one thing I will say is he by far wasn't the worst player on the pitch last night. How Stephen Quinn survived half-time, I have absolutely no idea. He literally looked like you'd, you'd stop the fella who would took that um, food hub challenge at half-time with the yellow shirt on. It was like we'd stuck him in, in the game. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it. But then what we did is we wasted 10 minutes and then brought Quinn off and wasted one of our three sub-opportunities because we could have brought him off at half-time. Um, but I thought Reed, to be fair, suffered from a lack of movement ahead of him. Because yeah. I think ultimately he does rely on people making runs for him to find them. Yeah, it wasn't his best game. But out of the four midfielders, you know, he was probably in the top two because Quinn and DKD had worse games, I thought, than Reed. I mean, if you look at his pass completion, it was quite high, actually. I know he he, he made the obvious mistakes, I think, that people saw and his touch wasn't great, but... 
I certainly wouldn't say he was the worst of the midfield. I thought Quinn and, and DKD were, I mean, Quinn was, was terrible. How he survived off time, I'll never know. Have we rushed Stephen Quinn back too quickly, Jim? Um, I don't think it's the case. I mean, he's not match fit. He's going to take a few games to get 100%. I said, I th- he, he, his quality is undeniable. I, I didn't think he was he was that bad. I think most of the time he, he was free a lot and nobody found him. But um, I, I think it's just a case that he's not match sharp yet. And there's, there's, a, there's a massive difference in performance when someone's not match sharp, I think. And you've got to give him those games to get sharp, so... Yeah, it's um, catch-22, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as Richard but, says... Um, go on, carry on. Sorry, I mean, back to Reed. I think, for me, it's as much off the ball as anything. I think he's just a little bit of a passenger, and as I say, lightweight. And to be honest with you, I'd prefer Maris there at the moment. But it's like Reed, uh, Richard has just said in the, the comments, Alan, and I'm sure this is not you in uh, Richard Baldwin's account, uh, Reed and Aaron Lewis are both not performing like they did at the start of the season, but neither seem to get rested by Clough. Unlike Maris, who is always the first to be dropped slash rested. Maris really plays a bad game. I would have rested Lewis last night and started with Maris. To, to be honest, I didn't think Lewis was that bad last night. I thought he had a reasonable game. I, I, in my opinion, on the Reed thing as well, I don't think Reed's there to get stuck in and do. I think he's there just to get the ball and recycle it. He's he yeah. relies on the other two being whoever they may be. And in, in my head, it's either Lewis and uh, Maris or Clark. I, if a fully fit Clark, I think, gets into that team with with Maris for me personally. Um, I think they're there to win the ball back and he's there to stay out of trouble and just pass the ball around. I literally think that's all Clough wants him to do. I don't think he wants him to get stuck in. I think this... And didn't, didn't he get another book in last yeah. night? So that's his five done in yeah. The MK Dons game. Uh, and I think that that's the, the thing to, to look at as well, though, Jim, isn't it? We were sort of uh, speaking a little bit, saying that we need a little bit of a bruiser, someone that can get physically stuck in, because one, as much as our midfield can be tippy-tappy creative and all of that sort of uh, all, all of that sort of thing, the more we go into winter, the more teams are going to start lumping the ball forward and uh, trying to bypass playing through. We almost need that extra defensive-minded player to win headers, win tackles, to go through people and then allow the players like Lewis Reed and Aaron Lewis, Jim, to uh, to pick up on those scraps and, and do the creative job, which we know they can do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when Maris and Clark came on in the second half last night, you could see the difference. We actually got a handle on the field and it, we just looked back to our old self again and we could keep the ball and keep territory and we look likely again you know we look threatening again I just think without like you say that sort of bit of athleticism and muscle you know in the middle of the park we just we just can't get a hold on the game and it, it Swindon it was just it, we were like Donal FC as I call it you know we had nothing absolutely nothing really the park and Swindon had that number eight I can't remember what his name was and he just bossed it and we sort of surrendered the midfield before we started there is a place for Reed and DK I still think separately, either one or the other. But yeah, it's imperative you get that balance. I mean, you've got to have a bit of muscle next to him. I think at any time of year, really. I think that, that's been found out a little bit. And don't forget, you know, it is the fourth tier. If we, if a team finds us out, you, within 24 hours, the rest of the league could have seen the tape of that. And they're onto it, aren't they? Yeah. And you've got to sort of stay one step ahead of that and evolve. So... You know, when they come with the plan to sort of replicate what another team has done against us, we need to be sort of have already thought around that already. On that subject, Nick, what Jim's just mentioned there about teams figuring us out, as much as we're sort of sitting here and sort of saying, 
X player didn't have a, a, a good game, this player didn't have a good game, etc., etc. I think we've actually got to take a step back for a minute, stand up and applaud Tranmere Rovers because they defended superbly last night. They gave us, we, we're talking about not being able, not having any movement in front of us. They didn't allow us any movement. They defended in two banks of four, stepped up when they needed to step up and were absolutely tremendous in terms of executing a defensive game plan, sucking us in, bringing us forward and exploiting us on the counter-attack. Now, I think they, uh, Nigel Atkins has just stuck them in as a 4-4-2, hasn't he? And got them simple and so everyone knows their jobs. And I, I think we could learn from that sometimes. I don't always think the diamond works because it funnels you down the middle. And I think when the game's a bit of a claggy game as it was last night, sometimes you do need to get a bit wider. And I think Jim alluded earlier, sometimes we all end up in the same place in the middle of the park. But they, they, they executed their game really well. I saw their lineup beforehand and everyone's saying that they're, the guy who scored the first goal, I think, was on the precipice of being loaned out to the National League North because he hasn't been playing. They've had Christian Dennis playing instead and they dropped him last night. He was injured or suspended, I don't know. Um, but Dennis didn't play last night and they played the jolly fella, not Santa, the other one. Um, jolly uh, up front. And yeah, they sort of did everything we hate, didn't they? They defended well and hit us on the counter and we don't like that because we overcommit and then they just bypass our midfield and they're in on goal. Um, it just seemed too easy for them, I think, last night. They didn't have to do a great deal going forward and all of a sudden they were through on goal. I mean, their strikers must have been through on goal four times. A couple of times we managed to get back, but they seemed to be one pass, got them from the back right to the front, whereas we had to do 30 passes to get from the back to the front. Um, sometimes maybe us switching it up a little bit to a 4-4-2 maybe is, would work. Uh, but yeah, they execute the game really well. I thought they looked a good side actually to say where they were, and I'm sure they won't be there under Adkins now. I don't think. Yeah, I think they'll probably strengthen in January as well, and uh, and really grow under him. Like they've got a really good basis for ever side there, and yeah, I think you have to say in the end, you know, they deserve the two goals that they they got. Alan, as sloppy as they were for us to concede in terms of them both coming from from mistakes, really in areas of the pitch. But at the same time, you know, we did enough to to, to fight back, and in the end you take a point because you don't want to lose two games on the spin. Yeah, and it was, uh, it's like Nigel said in his interview, I saw that little bit where he said, you know, it was two mistakes again. It seems to be, yeah, we get punished, don't we? We make one mistake, we get punished. We make another mistake, we get punished. Whereas sometimes it doesn't always happen on the other end. We can't punish other teams with our, you know, chances that we create. Because if we'd have got an early goal last night, it makes a completely different game. They've got to come out from the start and we can counteract that. But, you know, it, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Stop the mistakes, hopefully stop the goals. Yeah, absolutely. Keep your comments coming in. Anything Mansfield Town related that you want to talk about, get your comments, your questions, your opinions and everything in the live feed now and have your say on your team. We're still going to talk, uh, still to come, we're still going to talk uh, about our December fixtures as we move into the festive period. Uh, there's been a question about corners and free kicks, which we're going to discuss uh, as well. Uh, but before we do that and before we take a quick break, let's talk about halftime entertainment. Uh, just a quick question. Does any, has anyone seen the, the the ball from Cam Land yet from uh, a couple of weekends ago? And was was and I've got a question for Alan actually. Was the food from challenge actually supposed to happen last night? Because it didn't no. seem like anybody else was uh, was 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 switched on to it. Nothing was ready. 
<laughs> yeah, well, it never is. It doesn't seem to be ready on time, you know, because they've got to get the posts in. Martel had got his boots on in my box early. We came down early enough. And uh, that chap, uh, Paul Johnson, I think his name was, the 62-year-old, Jono, who Nick alluded to, he was there nice and early, and he came from top at West End. So I think it just needs to build up and, you know, get people sorted with it, you know, get it on board properly. I'm adamant that was Will Swan. By the way, it was not. It was not some fella from the West End. It was Will Swan. Oh, oh yeah. And by the way, I just want to uh, want to say as well. I need to uh, not pull you up on this, Alan, because in fact, I'm I'm going to I'm going to applaud you on it. Um, you and you you've been on this podcast now as a regular for what two seasons? Probably since possibly since yeah. Since the, uh, the the playoff season, you know, Cam's been on it from the start. You've known Cam for as long as. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know where this is going. When you introduce Cam to do his Food Up Challenge, you know, the, the, the last home game, I can't recall you using the words, my very good friend Cam Felton. <laughs> no, I didn't. You're right. That is quite correct. Because I was, I'm not, I'm mad. I shan't even say, I shan't even answer that with, because it'll sound like, no, it'll sound like an excuse. But I've known Ryan quite a, quite a while. And I was just surprised to see him. When I saw the names on the sheet, I saw Johnson and I saw Ryan Overton. And also, I think it was Stephen Overton. And I said, is that dad and lad? And it didn't click that it was Ryan Overton until I saw him walk out from Quarry Lane. I've known Ryan quite a while. Well, you know, for saying my very good friend Ryan and not saying my very good friend Cam. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm sure Cam won't take it to heart. Oh no, I just uh, I just note just note how he's not been on the podcast for a few weeks because he thinks he's got away with us not ribbing him about that terrible effort. And Nick, we're determined to reference it every week now, aren't we? Until he's on camera. Somebody must have filmed it. Yes, they did. It is on YouTube somewhere. I think it we, should I, be in, in the in, in a jingle at the start of every um, every every podcast. I think, and at the end, when I get five minutes to uh, to make it, I will make that happen. <laughs> uh, just for you know, just to uh, you know, box tick, Alan. Um, let's say, for example, that uh, Nick brings his boots and does the halftime challenge next time around. How are you going to introduce Nick? Uh, Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame. Simple. My answer. very good friend. Where's that? Yeah. <laughs> this is unbelievable. This. <laughs> He's let me down live on 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 pop. Also, without any form of hesitation. Shall I go now? Without any form of hesitation, there was no my very good friend. What about what about Jim? What? How would you introduce Jim? <laughs> what can I say? Jim Evans is coming on, who's also a very good friend of ours. <laughs> How ridiculous this is. And obviously, you know, what if I decided to do it and show Camel? Oh, the legend. Simple as. Mansell Matters, legend. I'll pay you later. Time for a break. <laughs> Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the show for the fans, by the fans. I'm joined by my very good friend, Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame. I also friend Jim Evans on the phone and some bloke called Alan Wilson. <laughs> thanks so much. for Who is also my very good friend as well. Uh, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Uh, keep your comments uh, coming in. Um, we're still talking at Swindon. We're still talking Tranmere and we've still got plenty of comments from you guys to go through as well. But keep them coming in. Anything Mansfield Town related you want to talk about, get it in the, the, the comments. We want your comments questions and opinions as always uh, this one's coming from thomas who says watched an eye follow due to working away but the crowd didn't seem to get behind the team last night need to get uh, behind the boys in adversity think we're being slight we've been slightly spoilt so far just a bump in the road 10 days rest and we go again jim what do you make of that one as a as a west stand upper um, season ticket holder, the row behind me. What did you make of the atmosphere last night? Because for me, I, I would be inclined to agree, inclined to agree with Thomas. There, we were out sang by um, X amount of Tramia fans for long periods. I think I think it's been a bit flat for a while. I mean, I, you can remember a couple of seasons ago when we had O'Toole and Hawkins playing at centre back. I don't know why that sticks in my head, but it does. Um, and we went on that great home run. The, the, the atmosphere was electric. And we were tuning a lot before we kicked a ball at home. And we got something like 53 points out of 55 at home. And I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's uh, still a slight hangover from the playoff final or the expectation, I think, weighs down atmosphere because people just expect, you know, us to come and win 4-0 every week. And when we don't, everybody's surprised. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, but I think it's definitely it's made an impact. You know, it's not Fortress one-core stadium like it was two years ago. But I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I think you want the players to spark the the crowd and the, the crowd to sort of boost the players. But I don't. I don't. I mean, two years ago we were playing a bit more of an exciting firebrand style of football. It was a little bit more direct, not not punting it up, but a little bit more cutthroat. Whereas now I think it's very almost continental, tippy tappy around the back, and I don't think that contributes to an electric atmosphere. If I'm honest. I think that's a fair point that uh, Jim's made there, Nick, because I sort of, I've got this horrible thing in my head that I can't stop sort of commentating on games because I can't let it go because I'm that sort of person. And sometimes when it's sort of a little bit of a lull and my dad's not there to talk to, it does get in my head. And last night I was sort of like thinking, oh, what would I be doing if I was commentating? And it's, it is very sort of like metronome, very sort of slow and it goes one to the other and then the next and then the next whereas like Jim said I remember it being a little bit more fireball a little bit more pinball sort of in your face whizzing around everywhere mm. I think that's probably a, there's probably a lot to be said for that Nick isn't there in terms of the the change in style and that we have to accept as fans that we're a little bit more 
patient rather than out the traps like a rat up a drain pipe. Yeah, I just don't think we've played well at home all season, really. Apart from the Stockport game, the second half, and arguably we should have lost that if they'd have turned up. We didn't play well at Barrow. We didn't particularly play well at Warsaw. We didn't play well last night. We didn't play well against Wimbledon. We didn't play well against Wrexham twice. We didn't play well against Port Vale. We've only scored 13 goals in nine games at home. That's not a lot. Wrexham have scored 33. We've scored 13. So there is a difference in start. And I know it's successful. And, I, you know, I'm certainly not complaining. Jesus, where we are on the table. Um, but at home, it's just not been particularly exciting. You can't you can't argue with it. And fans aren't going to get up and cheer Reed passing to Flint 60 times in a row. They're just not. It's just not exciting, is it? You know, you look at County, how they played away. Their fans were just sat in their seat. Even when they were winning, it was boring. Um, so I think that's partly, as Jim said, the football has been more exciting. I think a lot of it's frustration, isn't it? Because a lot of fans, especially sort of the older generation who sit around me, get very frustrated with the passing around the back. Which I, do, I don't mind the passing around the bat because it's essentially they're just waiting for an opportunity, aren't they, to pass it forward? That's what they're waiting for. Um, we had 720 odd passes last night, which is incredible, really, when you think. I think they made 200 and something. Um, and I think people just get a bit flat, don't they? Just a bit, you know, if you were watching it on highlights, would you watch that? Would you watch it back? I can't think of any home match this season that I'd want to watch back. I can't think it's of just not County game what, that, like, really. What? I've watched County back about four times. Yeah. Um, but like, it's not it's not riveting, is it? And I don't think it gets you off your seat. We, we need someone to fly into a few tackles to get us going a little bit, don't we? Let's be honest. It's always been like that at Mansfield. We need a bit of a you know, a bad refereeing decision or a, a few corners or a, somebody flies in and nearly breaks somebody in half. We, that's what we need, don't we, to get going. And just passing it around the back just doesn't, doesn't do it. I don't think it helps either when we go one down early. You know, once we've got one down, if we're one nil up, it's a different ball game. But when we go one down, it just takes everybody to, you know, get the momentum back until we can equalise and hopefully, you know, go on and win the game. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a fair point in that as well. I think it's you need that little spark early doors. I think there's a reason why we were the atmosphere was so good when it was the the playoff season, and that's because. And we've, I think we, we now forget it. The further away we get from that point in time, the, the more we actually forget about it. And that's the fact that it was the first time we were allowed back in the stadium in over a year. And there was a, yeah. there was a novelty in that. We had a manage, an exciting, experienced manager. It was the first time we were allowed back in the stadium. We got a momentum of, uh, of runs and that just built and built and built. Now, we're two, three years down the line. We've still got the same manager. We're still in and around it. We've been in and around it for a couple of seasons, but we're not that side anymore. We're not the side that will will either win or lose. We're that side who are a bit, little bit more cautious and timid and tepid. Um, and, you know, the stats sort of say it for themselves. And it's an in interesting quandary because it will bring us success and ultimately come the end of the season when those game it gets closer and closer to that finishing line, those games will have with them a more ferocious but I think for this stage in the season we just have to ask ourselves the question of what would we rather have? Would we rather have a side that will come out of the blocks, give it everything they've got for 30-40 minutes get the crowd behind them and, and create a real bouncing atmosphere and make it feel like the, the whole stand's vibrating but risk losing another 10, 15% of our games? Or would we rather have this 
calm, calculated, methodical style of play, which ultimately, Jim, has seen us lose one game in, what, 19 league games now? Yeah, I think you need a bit of a balance. I think, I mean, my saying is, it's it's patient. What we're doing at the moment is patient. I think there's a thin line between it, it looking patient and it looking casual. And I think that's one of the frustrations is, I mean, people are sat around me last night. We're, we're getting irate that we're just going to seem to be going backwards all the time. You know, people shouting before we're not backwards. I think you need a bit of a balance. And I, th- I, th- I don't think that helped last night with the sort of hollow midfield that we had in the first half. I think if you've got some a bit more dominance and foothold in midfield, you don't have to keep passing it around the back because you can go through the thirds a bit easier. But um, what, what gets me about it is we'll, we'll pass it around the back for five minutes and then we'll just hoof it up anyway. You know, quite, quite a lot of the times. A lot of that as well, I think, is either Aidan Flint getting bored and thinking I could still play championship, so I'm just going to ping it forward, or just the fact that teams have given us nowhere to go and we've got to ultimately do something with it. It's a, an interesting yeah. one, but you know, to say that we've only lost one game in, what, 19 or whatever, uh, yeah. playing yeah. this way. I get that. It, I do get that, but um, I don't know. I mean, everyone's got their own taste, haven't they? I think there needs to be a balance to it all, definitely. Yeah, and I, I, I still think, as I say, when Clark and Maris came on, we we had that. We could still do what we were doing well in terms of possession, but we had that drive mm. and and dominance, and we could run over players a bit more in midfield. And balance for me, as is, as in most things, to be honest. Let's move on. Let's talk uh, this comment from Simon Nick, who says, "Can we vary our corners and free kick? Everyone knows Flint is the target." Now I don't know if you've seen this; it sort of went a little bit viral. There was a, a press conference with Notts County's manager who was talking about um, corners and the way that they take corners. And do you know what? Even though he's Notts County's manager, Luke Williams, and there are rivals, you've got to actually say what he said was absolutely bang on the money in terms of they take their corners quick and short and sometimes end up going back to the goalkeeper because they're not losing possession. Whereas if you whip it in the box nine times out of ten, probably going to lose possession and you're only going to score... What, one in 10, one in 20? It's variety, isn't it? You've just got to do something. You, you can't hump it for Flint all the time. Um, it's just, just a bit of variety. I just will never accept people hitting the first man. Like you, This is what you get paid for. You do this, you practice this all the time. Don't hit the first man. I don't care what you do, just don't hit the first man. You know, short ones, I've no issue with doing short ones. They just need to mix it up a little bit, don't they? Like, Maybe bring different players forward, not just play the same players. Like, we leave Bowery back every time, which does my head in. It's like, he's a striker. Put him up front. Like, we, we've left, we brought Reed and Lewis into the box and left Bowery back. It's like, that doesn't make sense, does it? Or McDonald, we bring McDonald for. It's like, come on. So, I would rather just mix it up a little bit. Different players, different positions, different takers, different feet. So no one's going to moan because we don't score from them anyway, unless we're away at Meadow Lane. We don't score from them, do we? Which is annoying that Williams didn't reference that. He he he, he, he ranted for two minutes that, well, you, you don't score many goals from direct corners. When was the last time you saw that? And he didn't reference the fact that the whole world saw it twice in five minutes. Um, but it's, um, yeah, just, just variety, isn't it? Same with anything, goal kicks. I don't mind him passing to Pim, but every so often I wouldn't mind him taking a quick one up. Same as I don't mind rolling into the fullbacks, but equally sometimes just boot it long over the top and hope it works. You, you can't just try to say it over and over again. It, you know, Flint, and when Flint does get an open free run, he doesn't edit in the net, does he? 
that is very, very true. Uh, Simon says, passing around but not creating that cut-through pass to the forwards, not playing to Oates and Swan's strength of speed. Uh, and on the corners thing, well, I just think our deliveries just need to be uh, a little bit better, Alan. You know, everyone gets excited, don't they? And they clap a corner and everyone goes, yeah, yeah, we've got a corner. And it's that sort of, like, it gives you that little bit of a, a boost. But I'm just sat there thinking, one of two things is going to happen here. We're either not going to beat the first man, or it's going to sell straight over Flint's head, and it's uh, it's it's going to go going to go wide. I don't get excited about corners, and the only time uh, you know, that's come back to bite me on the arse is the aforementioned twice at uh, at Notts County, and I don't think it again will this, will again this season. I thought uh, two of DKD's corners were good last night though, because it didn't hit him long, it didn't hit him short, it like just floated them up. Yeah. They were twice, you know, in consec- uh, consecutive times. It floated. I admit that nothing came from him, but it was something different. <coughs> you know, it wasn't a whipped in <coughs> corner or, you know, what they usually do. It was just a floater. And I thought that was a bit more, uh, you know, admirable to see what comes from it. I admit that nothing happened last night, but, uh, you know, it was a change. In the words of Clive Parkin, bring back that set pre-specialist that we have. I'm sure we'll talk about him again as uh, January comes uh, comes around the corner. Uh, speaking of January around the corner, Nick, it's time to look ahead to uh, our December fixtures. Um, we have now got a prolonged break, um, but looking at that December fixture list, you've got to say that that really we should be queuing a fair amount of points in December and putting ourselves in the best possible deci- position going into. Uh, going into 2024. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, MK Dons is a, a winnable game, isn't it? They they look pretty poor at the minute. Um, away at Crawley, that's a difficult... You don't know about that one because County made it easy work. I know that was at home, but they're they're not a bad side. But then you, the Sutton one is a strange one, isn't it? We've, we've got rid of all of our, our blues against those sort of teams so far this season. So if we can make it a hat-trick of Harrogate, Salford and Sutton... I think we'll be happy. And then, you know, I'd fancy to beat Grimsby and then you've got Donny and then Stockport's the big one, isn't it, in January? That's a massive game. But if you're beating the likes of MK Dons, Grimsby, Doncaster, the Stockport game doesn't mean as much because you've got your points elsewhere. It's when you struggle to beat those teams and then you don't beat Stockport. That's the problem, isn't it? Um, but you, you, we've got to make easier work of these sort of lower mid-table teams who are going to come to the Stags and defend because MK Dons aren't going to come and play expansive football, are they? They're just not. Neither are Grimsby or Doncaster because they're battling and, and they're not going to come and do that. So, but I'm, I'm equally, I think we'll beat anybody on our day. Depends what Mansfield turns up. I'm, I'm certainly not scared. I don't look at games anymore and think, oh, we're going to lose that. I, I think your fancy is to beat anybody. It just depends who turns up. Yeah, very true. I think the Grimsby want to be an interesting one because I think by that point, obviously their new manager, Dave Artelli, who we of course know quite well, will have had a, a bit of time with them. We obviously played them earlier in the season in the uh, in the cup, didn't we? And, and what have you. So it uh, be interesting to see how that one um, plays out. But Jim, what I want to put to you is the fact that we do now have that 10-day break. Um, and yeah. I called the title of this episode uh, Factory Reset. How important is it now for the boys to you know, spend a little bit of extra time on the training ground, but also have that little bit of rest, spend a bit of time with the family ahead of the, uh, what is a, a busy festive period, but one in which we need to keep that momentum going and almost build that momentum up again. If we can go on another 19-game unbeaten run, then, well, if we don't get over the line after that, when will we? 
Well, it's coming at a good time, isn't it? You know, if Carlsberg had 10-day breaks, then this is it, isn't it? But, um, yeah, I, I think there are some weary bodies out there. Clough alluded to it last night. And um, I think it will sort of reset body and mind a little bit. I think by the time MK Dons comes around, we'll be sort of forgot the Swindling game a little bit. You know, we were just sort of... Last night's sort of scratchy performance would have gone out of the heads a bit as well. I think it's important. But at the same time, I think I think you know, energy aside, there are a couple of issues in the side that aren't going to be put right by rest. They need to be put right on that training ground and by a little bit of a change of tack. And that, I think that's where Clough's going to earn his money and perhaps swallow his pride a little bit with some team selections. But um, I, I, I think we'll be all right. I think it is, it is a good thing this rest. But all, you know, also with the transfer window around the corner, there's going to be a lot of players in there looking at that and thinking, well, I need to be on it now because everybody's shirts up for grabs. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think every, everything... If, if, if someone offered you this position in August, we'd have snapped your hand off, I think. Oh, to, be, to be, you know, fourth in the league, game in hand. I think, was it, three injuries now, basically, or th- three players unavailable at the moment, Gale, Hewitt and Kilgore. I mean, compared to the last two years, that's fantastic, isn't it? To only have three players out. Yeah, and with the January around the corner as well, you know, we're in a good spot. And I think you know I'd have took this, as I say, in August, and it's all it's all sort of aligning pretty well. You know, it's all positive. I think. Yeah, I think I think four players. I think McLaughlin's still missing for a couple of weeks, isn't he? But I think by the time we get the the ten day break over out of the way, I think he might be back in contention. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, final question of the night on, on the pitch matters on all things Mansfield before we turn our attention to the end of the month podcast predictions league, which I know you're all desperate to find out where you are in the table. Um, and it, that comes Alan from Paul who says, why are players like George Williams not getting much game time? I think because it's a stronger squad. And I mean, generally 95% of the time, they haven't really been, he hasn't really been needed to be fair, apart from your EFL games and maybe your cup games. But uh, they've been doing reasonably well without playing him. But to be fair to him, when he has come on, he's looked okay to me. He's a solid player, Nick, isn't he? But the, yeah. the, the thing that we've got to consider with George Williams is that he's coming to, to be a centre back option. He'll play right back if needed, but he'd be, you know, his third, fourth choice to, to, to play there. He's coming as a centre-back. He says he wants to play centre-back and there is no justification whatsoever for dropping Aidan Flynn, for dropping Lewis Brunt or when he plays uh, Bailey Cargill. So George Williams, I think, is one of those unfortunate players this year, this season so far, that has come in, has got a good record under his belt, but he's having to just wait and be patient and just tick over and do what he needs to do, Nick. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get in a centre-back. I did see him play centre-midfield against Accrington. I know we're 3-0 up. Um, but I thought he looked really, really good there, actually. I thought he looked composed on the ball. I see no reason why you can't add a bit of grit into midfield if needed at times. He's maybe not a starter, but I don't see why he shouldn't play it a little bit more. Um, I think you've got to... In, the good thing about this team is you've got to earn your share, haven't you? You've got to come in and be better than what's there. And unfortunately, yeah. when you look, you know, that's the whole reason Will Swan hasn't played because he's come in and looks like me up front. So you're not, he's not going to play you, isn't he? You know, other players have come in the team, the likes of Bowery, who've come in the team and kept the shirt ever since and they've not let it go. Um, you know, Aikens was out for a while, no one took his shirt, he's come straight back in. So 
I think that's the good thing about this is you really have got to perform outstandingly for three, four, five games in a row to be considered. I mean, McDonald got brought back in, although I thought Cargill hadn't done anything wrong and he had a bit of a stinker last night. It wouldn't surprise me if Cargill doesn't play the next game. Um, you really have got to earn your shirt at the minute, which is great, um, but but the likes of Williams are going to are going to suffer. Do you know what, on reflection, Jim, final comment uh, from you talking about this George Williams situation and uh, the, the, <laughs> the run that we've had. What a brilliant thing it is to say. Only four players on the uh, on, on the treatment table. So the, the room's starting to look a, a lot more empty. And players of sheer quality knocking on the knocking on the door. Oh, it's brilliant. I, th- I think yeah, the last couple of years would have said, would have predicted that someone like George Williams would have had a, a, a chance by now and a run of games. I think it was more sort of perhaps catering for that. You know, perhaps, you know, if we got injuries again, but um, it's just he's just unlucky, isn't he? There's too many good players ahead of him. I mean, I, I, did you notice both? I don't think Boateng made the squad last night, did he? Yeah, he was playing. In a, he, he was he was playing in a Louis Reed shirt. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if he was injured, but well, I don't I don't think he was injured. They didn't say he was injured. I think he just didn't make the squad. So I mean, yeah, I mean, there's good players who well, good players on paper who can't even get in the match day squad. I, I know O'Toole again, although I know he's still finding his way back. But um, yeah, it, it's brilliant, and that's what you want. There's that competition for places. It drives standards, doesn't it? And drives keeps people on the toes. And I th- you need that, I think, if you're going to do well over a season. And I, I, I still think we need two or three faces in January. And we, we still don't know, you know, if there's going to be any outs. No one thought Hawkins and Lapsley would go. But um, yeah, it, it's it's all. I say it's aligning well and nicely. And I, I'm, I'm positive about you know where we'll end up. I, I can see a run coming where we will put sort of seven or eight wins together or something. And um, yeah, we've got a really good chance, I think, to see to, to get top three. Well, fingers crossed uh, that we uh, can do that. The voice there of Jim Evans. Jim, thanks as always for joining us on the old mobile blower. Next sure. podcast, we'll have you on screen because hopefully we'll all be together in that, enjoying our, Chris, our traditional Christmas episode. So we're uh, Dig out your best Christmas jumper and we'll see you soon. Thanks, Jim. Brilliant. Brilliant. Cheers, guys. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Jim. Uh, Right, with uh, Jim gone, it's time to uh, load something on my phone because it is is that time of the month, uh, Alan. It's that time of the month, Nick. Do you know what time of the month it is? Podcast predictions, league, table, fun standings, prediction time. Build it up and it dropped like a stone. <laughs> what you get when you bring in amateurs? Pay peanuts, you get monkeys. There you go. That's what they said when Cam did the Food Hub Challenge. <laughs> so, will they win, lose, or draw? And what will be the score? It's the guessing game that brings you zero fame. But to be the best, you must outguess the rest. So, will they win, lose, or draw? And what will be the score? In the League or Cup, you just make it up because they're just works of fiction. It's podcast predictions. Will they win, lose or draw? Month again, it's time to reveal that all important podcast predictions table, and we start with honourable mentions. If I mention your name in this bit, it means you are not in the top 10, but you have got points on the board. So, well done, and honourable mentions to 
Stags Chat, Simon Wilson, Otley Stags, Nick of Mudsville Town Shirts, Fame, Will Pound, Steve Yule, David Shetlife, Stephen Pound, Adam Crump, Joel Dolman, me, Tim Phillips, Cam Felton, Sarah Stonnet, Marie Wilson, Kathy Holmes, Darren Wood, Craig Vincent, Keely of Her Game 2 fame, Richard Spencer, Sam Pateman, Paul Broomhead, Proud Stags, Mark Latko, Craig Foster, Roger King, Mitchell the American, Taxi Pete, Matt Green, not that one, Nathan Edge, remember him, Danny Sims, Addison Crump, John John, Jim Evans, Nick Welsh, Liam Smith, Craig Pateman, Gabby A, Joe, Luke Bramble, Mr. Tickle, I don't want to even ask, Watson Wanderers, Tara, Oliver425, Kyle Bingley, Lorna, Radcliffe Stag, Super Mel, Mark, Mel Shatlock, Tom King, and that's it. If you I mentioned your name there, that means that you are in the top. That means you are not in the top 10. If I've not mentioned your name and you think you've got points on the board, it means that you could well be in the top 10. Before I reveal all, including the Mansfield Matters table, Nick, your prediction on where you currently sit within the Mansfield Matters League. We know that you're not in the top 10 overall. Where do you think you sit in the Mansfield Matters League? Well, I'm going to take a gamble that you read those out in descending order. And you read me, then you, then Cam. So I reckon I've got to be near the bottom. I forget. That's the problem is if I don't come on here, I don't do it. That's the problem. Always remember, it's the link in the description. Alan, where do you think you are? Do you think you're top or do you think Clive? Nah, I think it'll be Clive. Although I got Reese Oates last, uh, right last night, I think, if I, I remember know. right. But, uh, now I think Clive's still uh, winning. Well, there's only one way to find out, and that is to reveal the all-important podcast predictions top ten. <laughs> predictions at the end of November in 10th place with 45 points it's Kiwi Stag in 9th place with 46 it's Ashley Butter in at, in at 8 it's JS with 51 joint 7th Mrs Crump and Chris Ellison on 53 apiece jumping up to 4th for a very good reason it's Fathead on 59. His own name. We didn't name them. His name or her costume <laughs> these days. In at number three, it's Ben Swain, our podcast predictions mathematician, with 62 points, which means it's either Clive Parkin, Alan Wilson, Nick Felton, or Steve Naden at number one overall. I can tell you it's not Clive or Alan. They are... No. Five and six, but I'm not going to tell you which way around yet. It's been neck and neck between Nick Felton and Steve Naden all month long. And I think after the Burton game, Nick scored a perfect 16 to go top. But he's had a couple of stinkers since, and there's only two points in it. In at two on 78 points, it's Nick Felton, meaning Steve Naden's top on 80. Well done, Nick, Steve. But what about Mansfield Matters, I hear you ask? Fire up the jingle again. Nathan 
Stephen Edge has completely forgotten, gone off the face of the earth. He is now, he's gone from podcast predictions legends, podcast predictions, well, the Hiram Boateng of podcast predictions. Once great, got the potential to be great, but not there at the minute. He is last, he's six on 12 points, jumping up to fifth, 35 points, it's Cam Felton. Two points ahead of Cam, it's me on 37. Meaning Nick, you were right, you're just ahead of us three on in third place on 42. And then bad that. Not bad out than that. One very good. Five points. The other has 54. Nick, who is top? Alan or Clive? I can only pick right. the, the man at this time of year who is in his element. And that <laughs> that is uh he's not Scrooge, Clive. It's uh, it's Alan. <laughs> Gotta go, Alan. <laughs> Go with what you know, that's what I say. Ladies and gentlemen, I can now reveal the winner or the current leader of the Mansfield Matters group at the end of November is... With 55 points... Well done, Alan. Well done, Alan. That's prediction. Thank you. But Santa of the week and the you've got the monthly and weekly prize. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. Yeah. Weeks go for you. You've unconsciously, you know, mugged off Cam in front of six thousand people. You've won Santa of the week, and you do it one day a week with a ham and cheese sandwich. With a ham and cheese sandwich, and you've beaten. You know, you are top of the Mansfield Matters podcast prediction league, but will you still be there at the end of December? In December, there will be some double pointers. So on Boxing Day, the home game against Grimsby, it will be a double points Boxing Day, as will the 29th Ooh. against Doncaster, and indeed again on New Year's Day. So uh, make sure you uh, get involved with that and pay play podcast predictions all the fixtures for december are now out on the form so the link that you need is in the description we're not going to predict the mk dons game because it's still a quite a while away um but we will put our predictions up online before that game uh that is all we've got time for uh tonight my thanks as ever uh to nick of mansfield tan shirts fame and alan wilson aka santa we will see you both again very very soon diggy christmas jumpers out lads uh, because next time we see you, it will probably be the Mansfield Matters Christmas special. For now, though, there's only one thing to do. That's play the jingle and say our fun farewells. So the unbeaten run has come to an end in the league. But now with a 10-day break between the Tranmere game and the MK Duns game, it's time for Nigel Clough's boys to hit the factory reset button and recharge the batteries ahead of a festive fixture list in December. If you want to play along with podcast predictions for the December fixtures, the link that you need is in the description. For now, though, that's all we've got time for. My thanks, as always, to the Mansfield Matters podcast panel, which tonight has consisted of the voice of Jim Evans, the man that we all call Santa, Mr. Alan Wilson, and the man who can be seen in laybys up and down the country buying old stag shirts, Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame. Make sure you check out his social media for more shirts fun in the coming weeks. I've been Craig Priest. You've been you. Thanks so much for listening this November. 
We're getting so many of these Spotify rap things coming in saying that we've been your top podcast to listen to. I'm not even surprised. Keep them coming. Follow us on social media and we will see you next time when Santa Claus comes round to my house. Yes, Alan's coming round. Can't wait. I've got the good biscuits ready as well. See you next time. This is the show for the fans at By The Fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.